Get your family vehicles ready for summer driving with early Memorial Day deals at Dobbs. Click on GoToDobbs.com for money, save, retire, and service deals today. Dobbs. With 43 locations, real deals are always close by. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Time now for the balloon party on the Tim McKernan podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Yes, yes. Jackson, you tell me that's what the people want. I mean, I'm going to give the people what they want. It might not be what the people want. What you want. Surely what I want. And I'm doing this show essentially for you. And I appreciate it. No problem. Welcome to Balloon Party, uh, heretofore known as Tim and Boy. I kind of like Tim and Lil Tex. Yeah, I think that has legs. Lil Tex. And the explanation for it is even better. I just didn't know the name of the song. The song that Adam Wainwright was playing on his guitar was performed by Little Texas. 1993? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. We'll spend more time on that at the tail end of the show. Jeremy Rutherford's going to be in studio with us. Yes, Haven't sir. had him in studio in a couple weeks. How much blues uh, did you watch last night? Uh, I was switching back and forth, like I said I would. And you know what? I was watching a lot of that first period, and it was a good period to watch, I'll tell you that much. Okay. I'm going to fold. I think you have it here. I think you're being serious. That first goal, the Robert Thomas goal, was just they moving the puck around and fire at the end, and that was great. That was awesome to watch. The, and the I Billy kinda... Husso save was everything. The yeah. Billy Husso save, there was a moment against the Jets in the first round, and I think it was game five in Winnipeg. And I can't recall exactly what it was, but either Bennington made a save, reaching something bizarre. And I tweeted out in the moment, I said, when the Blues are lifting the chalice in June, we'll remember this moment. More or less being an ass, you know, (laughs) on brand. And then they won it and, uh, of course, had to let everybody know that I was right. That's sports talk radio. Absolutely. I, of course, am wrong about 98% of the things I say, but in that particular case. And so I was very anxious after Huso made that save to see how the Blues, if it would if yeah. it would pick them up. And immediately, almost immediately, it was just, it was on. Yeah. So we'll talk about that with Jeremy Rutherford. That's coming up at 10-15 uh, because he is coming in. I don't know what I would have led with otherwise, but either way, because we're, we're stacking the show this way as if there is a stack sure <laughs> like as anybody listening to this thinks that there's some semblance of organization um this uh baseball's work stoppage while we were on the air yesterday jeff Passon tweeted out that they had agreed on the international draft and that was really the final domino now that it is official that baseball will be back jackson your reaction oh, it's just so great to hear i mean you know going through all this baseball not getting dragged through the mud because a lot of it's on their hands but to maybe get some more positive stories coming out of baseball and you know nothing feels more like summer than watching especially cardinals baseball so i'm really looking forward to uh, getting back at it and hopefully free agency is uh pretty awesome for these next two weeks or so now on march 1st when Uh the announcement was made that they would postpone cancel whatever term they were using yeah after they didn't meet the deadline on uh, the Players Association and the owners trying to get something worked out to save the 162 games, which clearly became a fluid deadline. Uh, I asked the question on Twitter, and uh, 2,200 or 300 respondents, the question was, what is your reaction? 
of which of the following would describe best describe your reaction? Angry, sad, apathetic. Mm-hmm. 48.3% apathetic, mm-hmm. more so than those other two answers. Right. Uh, sad finished last, angry finished second, but it was a big gap between apathetic and uh, angry. Right. So this morning, a couple hours ago, I tweeted out, you know, I occasionally come out of Twitter retirement. Uh, less than two weeks ago, 48.3% of people described themselves as apathetic when it came to the baseball work stoppage. Now that it is over, which one of the following best describes your reaction to baseball's agreement? The three choices are excited, still angry about the lockout, and apathetic. Uh, right now, Jackson, 58.2% describe themselves as excited. It's great to hear. Uh, the apathetic number is still strong, 34%, but it has gone down 14% since the day of the deadline, March 1st. Right, so that's a good sign. Still angry, 7.8%. Those are the numbers on the poll, with, and it's with 888 votes. Okay. Set of eights. Yeah. So which one you are excited? You would fall into the category of excited. Absolutely. I, I, I'm, I'm more optimistic with this. I mean, I, I don't see the point in staying on the angry at still at the lockout let's just move on and uh look forward to some good baseball well i i wouldn't describe myself as angry i don't know if i ever necessarily was my concern this is this is this is kind of the colin cowherd strategy here you already you already you kind of did a spit take right there because you know what i'm going to do but it's this is actually what i really think right and I like this isn't like personal on Colin. I'm texted with Colin. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's just I recognize kind of the move. Do you know what do you know what I mean when I'm saying this? Do you know where I'm going? What do I mean by the Colin Coward strategy? Well, no, I don't. I don't know exactly, but I you know hearing the Colin Coward strategy just makes me chuckle sometimes. It's everybody is saying this, uh, but I yeah yeah taking the. Contrarian, or you know, let me show you right. why you think this, or everybody else is saying this, but you come to this show and you're going to hear this. And sometimes I just look at that and go, oh "God, that's such ABC poker." Kind of mm-hmm. bores me. In this particular case, to me, in 24 hours, my perspective on the state of the game of baseball does not change all that much because my concern for the game of baseball wasn't necessarily about the work stoppage, which was economically rooted. My concern for the state of baseball is about what's going on on the field and how much has really changed there. Now, they're back on the field. That is huge. But Mm -hmm. as far as the actual game, there's still going to be 162 games, and you're still going to have the issues that I think have played a role in the game's interest declining. Now, to say that yesterday, was I would be in a safe space. And if I were to tweet it out, I'd get likes, and that'd be wonderful, and that would equate to zero dollars, but I would get likes, and since I'm vapid and have an empty soul, uh, it would make me feel a little bit better, but I'd still be self-loathing. Today, if I were to tweet that out, I would receive hatred, mm. and I might even get ratioed, which also would give me zero dollars and have no impact on my life, but nonetheless, if that's how you kind of spend your time, that is what would happen. And my point on it is the following, the Colin Coward strategy, but it just so happens to be how I really feel. The game wasn't fixed yesterday. The game still isn't fixed now. But the issue is I don't know if the game is necessarily fixable. So to say it, while a lot of people, as I said, 58.2, describe themselves as excited, is probably an unpopular opinion to share. 
But it's also how I actually feel. So I have to be honest with the audience, which is why this show is also known as Honesty in Media. I mean, it's really known as Tim and Lil Tex. Right. You, have to, you might have to search Balloon Party, but the show is Tim <laughs> right. and Lil Tex. I, I've actually forgotten what the real name of the show is. <laughs> if we didn't hear it in the open, we wouldn't know. Right. Oh, yeah. This is Balloon Party on 101 ESPN. So that is, that. so at this moment, it's, my analogy that I oftentimes use, which will not work on you because you're going to be 24 this, uh, what, on Monday? Sunday. Sunday. Mm-hmm. But Monday, though. Right. Overseas. Yeah. Uh, that... In 1997, interleague play came into uh, Major League Baseball scheduling. So you don't know anything but interleague play. Absolutely. But before that, the two leagues never played outside of the World Series and the All-Star Game, which made the World Series and the All-Star Game more significant. And then initially, everybody's like, yes, interleague play, this is the greatest. And then after a couple of times of seeing the Twins and Tigers and, at the time, Indians in St. Louis, it was like, yeah, who cares? And why have we not seen Albert Pujols and it's been like a decade, you know? I mean, what's, <laughs> right. what is what is the scheduling with this thing? So in the moment, if I would have said, ah, the interleague play thing, I'm not so sure it would have been shouted down. Kind of like I was shouted down the morning after they signed Dexter Fowler. Mm-hmm. Like, ah, I don't know. I mean, Dexter Fowler, it's exciting that the Cardinals signed a free agent, but Dexter Fowler isn't necessarily worth what they just paid Dexter Fowler based on what he's done throughout his career. I know he hit a home run in Game 7 of the World Series, but that does not equate to the kind of deal that he just got. Kind of like Tino Martinez following up Mark McGuire. Great World Series doesn't equate to the deal that he just got based on what he had done over the course of the previous few years. So with all of that said, I recognize this is most likely an unpopular opinion, but I have to be honest with the audience and honest with you in our conversations. And so my greater concern for baseball is not necessarily its economics, is that the audience is declining. Therefore, that will impact the economics. And therefore, you have a problem. So, if people get back on board, and if the shift going away increases the excitement, and then people won't be complaining about the length of games because it'll be exciting, just like college football games are three hours and 45 minutes, but a lot of them have a hell of a lot of pageantry and build up and excitement and delivery. You don't go, man, this has been three hours and 45 minutes. You're into it. An NFL game, three hours and 15 minutes. Uh, I mean, I don't think anybody was complaining about the Blues and Stars double no. overtime game. Nope. My point being, the product still has the issues that it had before the work stoppage. And people still consume social media the way that they did before the work stoppage, which I think programs the brain subconsciously into being bored by what many people fell in love with baseball initially, and that is the pace of play. So with that all said, I recognize it's an unpopular opinion, but I have to give my true opinion here so i'm happy in a big way that it's gotten done when we were here in the studio not in this studio but in the tma studio when it was official yesterday i said this is a great thing it's a great thing but it doesn't change my outlook for the game of baseball as far as what goes on on the field um now with that all established i am legitimately excited to see what the cardinals do between now and the start of the season Mm -hmm. truly intrigued by that uh, I'm really excited to see uh, what it's like for Adam Wainwright and Yadier Molina. Uh, I, I, this, this, I don't know where people are on this because we never really talked on the field uh, in free agency and all of that since we've been here. We've only been here two and a half months. 
I actually am intrigued by the idea of bringing back Albert Pujols, which is probably not. This is like when uh, somebody on the left kind of gives a right take or on the right gives a left take. But Mm -hmm. I probably wouldn't align with the people who are usually on board with that kind of move. I kind of like it. Not not as a starter, not as a regular, but it's Wainwright Molina's final year. Albert, I think, is in a different mindset than where he was this time last year with regards to his role. I don't know if he could get more opportunities than than St. Louis now with the DH, and he can face left-handed pitching and come off the bench. That kind of intrigues me. Um, I really would have liked the Cardinals to have been more active with regards to shortstop. I don't think it's going to happen now. I thought it was at the beginning of the offseason. So now we can talk about baseball, and I'm looking forward to that because that's what I fell in love with uh, initially in the first place. and uh, and I'm thrilled from that standpoint. But as far as if I'm buying stock in the game, today would be a good day to sell your stock because the perception right now is higher than it was 24 hours ago, and you're going to get a little more value on your dollar uh, than I think you will in a year. And that is that is essentially is where I'm coming from on it. So it's unpopular. It's the Colin Coward strategy, but it's it happens to be what I really think. All right, we will go off of baseball and go into what we saw last night from the Blues and my goodness was that impressive that was fun to watch it was a hell of a response and we're looking forward to having jeremy rutherford in studio to talk it over that's coming up next you are more than welcome to send your questions in your uh, comments for jr uh six five seven eight zero the air comfort service text line jeremy rutherford in studio next talking blues rangers blues in general here on balloon party also known as tim and lil tex on 101 espn we're right back to the balloon party on the Tim McKernan podcast presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Yes, yes. JR, I'm doing that for you. I love Since it. that apparently is becoming like Gary Coleman with what you talk about <laughs> Willis, which of course is a reference that is so current. Jackson, you have any idea what I'm talking about? Yeah, Gary Coleman, uh, rest in peace. Yes, he's no longer with us, but do you know where the reference comes from? The What's the TV show he was on? Different Strokes. Right, yeah. That you talk about, Willis. Thank yeah. you very much, Jeremy. I, I, I am aware. I never saw the, the show, but I oh, am aware of the Oh, it's good for your goodorbad.com website. <laughs> All right, we first need to address this, and we'll take your calls uh, for Jeremy Rutherford, or your text, 65780. You played a dirty, dirty joke on Jackson. <laughs> now... Jackson has now experienced uh, the 101 ESPN texters who are not necessarily a fan of his viewing habits when the Blues are playing. Uh, He is now known as Lil Tex on the show, or Tim and Boy, take Mm -hmm. your pick. And Jeremy Rutherford, to bring the audience up to speed on what I'm talking about, sent Jackson a text this morning. I'll let you set it up. You you tell tell the people what happened. Well, I asked him because it was a couple days ago that we spoke and things change, you know labor agreements come together in baseball things sure. like that so i just said hey Jax, uh, are we still on for today i'm coming in studio 10 15 he says absolutely sir couldn't be a more polite kid right <laughs> yep. he says looking forward to it so i said okay well i'll have a scoop for us i talked to a friend last night with the memphis grizzlies and there's some chatter about them moving to st louis which for me is about as you're gonna get me you're right you got me there like you i'm hooked and then and Jackson came into the TMA studios at 7 o'clock and showed me this. And I was like, oh. <laughs> I'm like so disappointed. This is better than I thought. <laughs> yeah. And I'm just like, yeah, I don't think that's real, bro. <laughs> <laughs> and in fairness to Jarrah, what did you, you didn't include the, the what, there's like a gif of somebody laughing or yeah, something so like I, that? I, I hit it. I let it simmer for a minute or two, knowing that he's sitting there going, what? 
Start yeah. Googling frantically. So then I look for a, a laughing uh, GIF, and I find one. I send him the laughing GIF, and then he sends one back of, of somebody stepping on somebody's heart. Yep. 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 Yeah, ripped my you heart. Bro- out. You ripped really your ripped his heart. Yeah. You broke my heart. Yeah, it's like uh, Al Pacino in yeah. Godfather Two yeah. to Fredo. Yeah. Uh, well, uh, I appreciate it, and I thought it was wonderful work yeah. on your part. Yeah. I was disappointed, however, in Jackson for falling for it. <laughs> yeah, he got me. He got the best of me, but you know, still hopeful. Glass half uh, full kind of guy. Yeah. Occasionally on, on TMA, for those of you who do listen, and like I said, I think the Venn diagram is awfully distant. But nonetheless, uh, Iggy is a big character on TMA, and he will get DM'd by a guy acting like he is an attractive lady. And look, take a look at this. Well, that's a guy, you know. But but part of me wants to <laughs> wants to wants to let him think for an hour or so that it's real, you know. And in this case with Jackson. I was just like, oh, you really believed you really believed it. Look what JR did to you. Yeah, it's almost adorable that I believed it. <laughs> it is precious. <laughs> and it also lets me know that I can take advantage of you here for a little while anyway. Yeah, uh, all right. We wanted people to uh, send in questions. We always love having you in studio. Jeremy Rutherford of 101 ESPN and The Athletic. And he's got all his athletic gear on here this morning. That's a sharp look. No, this is not athletic gear. It's not? This is my report card. I had my report card. <laughs> you got an A. You got an A. Yeah. I had my report card stitched on my hat and my shirt. Talk about adorable. <laughs> That's adorable. Your gullibility, if that's a word, not. Yeah, yeah. Jeremy's attire, adorable. I was curious to see how the game would change the moments after Billy Husso saved last night. And boy, did we get the answer immediately. Oh, I did it. Yeah, you have three power plays early. You have that five on three for, what, a buck oh eight, yeah. nothing, no dice, and and then uh, Huso with that big save on Hunt. And, you know, this is to take absolutely nothing away from Billy Huso. You know, Hunt's got a gimme there, right? I mean, it's open. He kind of shoots it towards the pad, but take nothing away from Billy Huso. He gets the leg over, makes a save, incredible save. And you're right, when you see those things happen, usually there's a goal coming. Blue started playing better and uh, got those goals. And that's what happened. I was making reference. I feel like something happened in Game 5 against the Jets in Winnipeg where either Bennington made a ridiculous save um, or something in, in net happened, and it was a huge break for the Blues, and you saw him surge after that point and really never never turned back. With with regards to that, comparatively speaking, I feel like the save Forsberg made on Tarasenko on Tuesday night, there were, there were some parallels, right. even though one feels different here in St. Louis than the <laughs> other. I think Forsberg just kind of held out his, his mitt and happened to snag it and then did a little dramatics afterwards. In this case, like you said, Huso's leg happened to be there with the help from Hunt shooting it into his pad. But either way, psychologically for the team, it's like, okay, that's the break yeah. we needed. Let's go now. Enough of this crap. Yeah, big time. And I think the Blues came to play last night, Tim. Uh, but, you know, if if uh, they go up one nothing, yes. Uh, last yes. night, if, uh, if the like, Rangers go, go again. up one nothing, here mentally, you go. Yep. And it happens on the bench, and, and then it just, you know, it could have been 2 nothing soon, Rangers. But anyway, huge save. Turned it around. And you're right, with that save the other day, that could have been a 2-2 game on the Tarasenko would-be goal. And then you never know. Maybe they're not out of the slump, not playing better at, in that game, but they get a win and, and try to start limping uh, forward. But, uh, yeah, big win last night. Uh, immediate response, Robert Thomas leading the charge. A couple goals on his uh, part. Uh, what did you see last night, if we can compare and contrast? Because there were, you know, that second period, for example, against the Rangers at uh, Madison Square Garden. That was something else. That that burst anyway but then you just didn't really see much of anything like that against the islanders against the devils i mean it really had some low points there and against ottawa so for comparing and contrasting 
outside of the score and obviously the way that the game ended uh, with regards to it being a victory for the Blues, what overall, if we were going to go into the intricacies, do you think played a role in the skid and what was clearly different last night? Yeah, my thing with the skid was puck management, puck control, working together, and it starts in the defensive zone, but the nice, crisp, short passes where you're helping each other. That's where the, the puck support term comes in. And it wasn't there. And, you know, I said this a couple of days ago, you know, these are guys that have made those passes and worked together, you know, a thousand times in their careers, including this season. They look great when they play that way. But what I was watching were blind, behind-the-back passes into the middle of the ice that were guaranteed turnovers that were leading to goals and they kept making them mm-hmm. and they kept making them and so you know you're down to nothing in some of these games and and all of a sudden you lose and it just adds up but I think last night what we saw you know Tim sometimes Twitter is a wicked thing because you can watch the first five or six minutes and say I think the Blues are looking strong and then they give up two goals and then everybody fires back at you yeah hey, I thought they were looking strong they're oh, not yeah. out of this yet you think they look great yeah it's a tough spot but isn't last it? <laughs> night when I I said dare I say the blues look hungry I really saw a hungry team they were pouncing on everything you uh, are welcome to give your questions six five seven eight zero as we are thrilled to have Jeremy Rutherford in studio as he oftentimes is when he can on Fridays here uh Tim do not bet on the blues you are a jinx I could not agree more I did not <laughs> I bet on him on Sunday and I bet on him on Tuesday and I'm like Adam do it. I'm out. They're probably going to win five nothing. I was somewhat close. Uh, I'm happy. I will sacrifice and continue to uh, just sit it out, and hopefully they keep winning. Uh, let's see. Uh, Jr. Is Army going to get help for the fourth line? I just assume a D man is a done deal. Uh, so that's kind of a two questions in one right there. Yeah, I wrote about that uh, today at the Athletic. What I'm hearing about the Blues as we sit now about ten days before the uh, trade deadline, and what I'm hearing Tim is that uh, I think they're still looking for a D man. You know, there's been a bunch of names mentioned the past few weeks, month. Uh, I think that uh, they're in on uh, Ben Sherratt. A lot of Blues fans are not happy about that. You know, the price is going to be high, and he's he a guy who can come in and, and, and really help them? Perhaps not. So uh, I just know that when you look at the Blues and, and, you know, which comes first, chicken or the egg, if you get the puck out of the zone and you clear the puck, you got a puck mover, you don't have to worry about clearing the front of the net. Mm-hmm. But guess what? You play these teams like Colorado – you know, Vegas, Calgary, they're going to get in your zone. And do you have somebody in front that's going to be able to play physical and help you out? The Blues don't have that right now, so I think that's why they're focused somewhat on uh, on Ben Schrott. But going to the fourth liner, I think that's a necessity. This fourth line has not had a identity all season long. They've uh, rotated guys in and out. And so whether it's a guy like Cal Clutterbuck or, you know, somebody who comes in and helps give that line an identity, and, and it's not going to be that expensive. I mean, you talk about the D guy, it's going to be hard to fit under the cap. The, yeah. This fourth line or won't be so with regards to where fans are on this i do feel like there is an expectation that a move at the very least is going to be made for a defenseman um what name do you sense that fans who who's in your mentions the most as to who fans are in your chats on the athletic what, what name do you feel like would get the highest approval rating from the fan base yeah so i think what you're looking at is that second tier of guys and so for example new jersey has a guy uh ryan graves i think that uh You've got a guy in Philadelphia, Sanheim, that uh, some people like. The only problem is, and this is doing the reporting the past couple of days, is there's a lot of teams that don't think Ben Schrott is worth a first-round pick or a a prospect. So what happens is those teams then filter down to that second tier, and now there's 
More competition for the second tier. More competition for the second tier guys. So, you know, it'll figure itself out. And maybe that price that Montreal wants for Sherratt, you know, or or you talk about Chikrin and and Arizona, maybe it's not going to be there. And then maybe some of the teams are able to jump on that, which then opens up the second tier. And and perhaps the Blues jump in on that. It's just, it's a tough situation because of the cap. It's going to have to be dollar in, dollar out. And so that's why I think uh, Armstrong is going to be and continue to monitor all these situations. You know, I've said this before, but 10 years, 11 years covering Doug Armstrong, patience, biggest virtue. I'm curious what your perspective is with seeing successful Blues teams, Blues teams that were in the postseason, but you knew it was unlikely that they could go deep. And then also looking around the league, and in particular, I know the attention at this point is going to be on on Colorado. How big of a gap is there? And if there is a perceived substantial gap, does that then potentially lead to more conservative action on the part of, whether it be the Blues or other teams, if they feel like there is this force that might not be able to be taken down unless you get incredibly fortunate? Yeah, I think it's a great question. And you could analyze it, I think, you know, for the rest of the show in, in in terms of the Blues don't have a second-round pick this year because they gave it to the Rangers in the Buchnevich trade. So let's just say you give up your first-round pick for you know, Ben Sherratt in Montreal. Now you're without a first- and second-round mm-hmm. pick, and, oh, by the way, now you're out of the playoffs first round, second round. You're kicking yourself in the offseason. Keep in mind that uh, you know this roster is going to get another year older, and you got a lot of these guys with the long-term contracts, and you know the back side of those contracts, it – probably won't be pretty you know and and so if you don't have the draft picks that are taken now that are going to develop in the next three or four years and be ready to help you when maybe some of those contracts don't look as attractive um, you know then you've hurt yourself so there is some legitimacy to that in terms of do we have the team this year do we think that defenseman is going to help us beat Colorado and get to the third round and take our chances against Calgary and so on and so forth so I do think you can question that Tim the one thing is you can almost question that every year yeah I mean just think in 2018-19 Doug Armstrong did nothing at the deadline you know but there were questions they should they do something remember they're on the roll that they should do something so i think each year is different but i keep going back to the fact that uh you know shen bennington krug falk these are a lot of contracts that you know these guys are going to get older and the window to win is probably right now so that probably pushes doug armstrong just a little bit yeah i mean i from my standpoint doug armstrong is going to always be active uh that that's that's how that's what we've come to learn kind of like on the other side of the thing unfortunately the deadline from cardinals fans perspective they've gotten used to more of a passive approach i'm curious if other teams with gms who aren't as aggressive as doug armstrong might go i mean we can make a move but we're, we're probably two or three moves away from even being able to take colorado to six games so maybe we'll sit this one out and then therefore the blues wouldn't have as much competition you see you see yeah, going yeah, with yeah. it because i feel like armstrong's doing at least one thing if not two <laughs> the question is do other teams kind of go i mean we're good but we can't hang with with these boys in denver you know i got stuck on one thing when you said that uh, the cardinals are passive do, do fans think that <laughs> about the you hang cardinals? out in balloon party for a day and and when jackson stops talking about nba we'll have some cardinals <laughs> talking to see what happens i'll tell you what timmy that's one thing i'll actually i i would send i should send doug armstrong like a a reservations for dinner and pay for it because of the fact that he's so aggressive i never have to deal with the fact that the blues sit on their hands it's always something he's always checking into something i think when it gets down to it fans 
really appreciate it because they're emotionally invested themselves. And if they feel like an organization is exhibiting and also reciprocating their emotional investment, then even if it doesn't work out, yeah, it's going to suck and there'll be some Monday morning quarterbacking, but at least you gave it a shot. And that's what people, I think, appreciate. Are you cool to do another segment or you got a bowl like the wind? And real quick, here's the best part of that is a lot of times when the Blues do nothing, the message that I see from fans is, well, we know he tried. He he, he tried and there was just nothing there. It's the exact opposite of what John Mazalak has at this particular moment in the St. Louis uh, metropolitan area. All right, Jeremy Rutherford's going to stick around. We have so many, so many texts. Uh, I'll try to get as many as we can. And then uh, Jackson, what do we have from 1970? With uh, so, what'd your grandma think today? Oh, it's from from last night. Oh my God! And it's Is not... it from the NBA? No. It's oh from... my God! It's from ice hockey. Uh... <laughs> you like that, Jeremy? He said it's from ice hockey. <laughs> I don't want to confuse anyone. This was from like you the guys... Villa post game field hockey. The session. day you did the names, Burr. And... <laughs> oh my God! <laughs> Lost what it. a moment! Right. What we'll a moment in this show's storied two month history. Yeah, it's it's. I wouldn't necessarily even call it a "What Your Grandma Think" kind of moment, but I think it's a really good post game bite from uh, Jack Eichel. Oh, I, I, I actually kind of know what this one's what's, what this one's about. Yeah, right. so I, I, I hadn't heard good. it, but I, I read it. All right, uh, that is coming up. Jim Arthur for another segment. Your questions, your comments, 65780, the Air Comfort Service text line. You are listening to Tim and Boy on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the balloon party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Jared, I like what we've done here with the Sports Center update, where we've made it essentially the main attraction of the show. <laughs> that was awesome to see live. You got to witness it. I'm leaving in 10 minutes and heading to White Castle. <laughs> Absolutely. That's what it does to me, honestly, every time. And now I find myself at 5 o'clock at night going, man, I wouldn't mind getting some White Castle. <laughs> Jackson with update on the Illinois game. It is 6 to 4 for yeah. those of you who are, who are who sweating are it. In, yeah. yeah. My goodness. Uh, all right. Um, here's what we got. I just want to get as many as I can because I think we've probably gotten about 40 text messages asking you questions. So as, as long as we got you, let's get to Sounds it. Sounds like uh, my phone. <laughs> it's something else. Uh, you can text your questions, comments in for Jeremy Rutherford in studio with us here on uh, Balloon Party on 101 ESPN. A morning Lil Tex. <laughs> morning. This is an ice hockey question here. So go take a lap. Hey, JR. Fine by me. What's the likelihood Jake Neighbors is called up to the Blues once his season's finished? Yeah, I don't know. Uh, it depends what they do at the deadline here, but I think they're so deep that uh, that's not going to be something that they, they consider. He can, but look, if you get him to uh, the AHL, gets some games, turns pro next year, plays next year, I think that's probably the better possibility. Uh, let's see what I got. Uh, JR, I might be stupid for even thinking this, but if they could get a couple of big defensemen at the trade deadline, would they ever consider playing Krug on the fourth line? <laughs> no, I mean, he can get up ice, and he's got a shot. You're right, but no, he's a defenseman. Uh, are there any young players or future draft picks that we should be looking out for from the 618? Yeah, a couple of them. You just touched on one. I think Jake Neighbors is going to be captain material down the road. I think he's uh, got that maturity level. The other guy to pay attention to, look, when you talk A, prospects for the Blues. It's Jake Neighbors and it's Zach Bolduc. And uh, there's a lot of people who like Zach Bolduc. He's got some skill. Uh, Bad a little bit of injuries last year, but uh, he's looking pretty good this year. All right. Uh, guys, I didn't even think about it until you said it, but we scored six goals last night without Buchnevich. What does that say for him? That's from the 314. You know, Tim, I went back and looked at some numbers. This is earlier in the season when they had guys out with COVID. Every time they had a star player out for a couple of games, whether it was uh, uh, 
Tarasenko or Shen yeah. or whomever, they, they were scoring they four or five yeah. goals. That's the whole point of why Armstrong has constructed this team the way he has. Uh, uh, by the way, I've seen a few questions about this. Any update on uh, on his uh, status, his health? How's everything going Bucinevich? there? Yeah. yeah, just that you know somebody saw him outside the locker room yesterday and say he looked fine. But to me, when somebody says you know a guy with a concussion looked fine, it's like how do you look inside his brain or yeah. something? So yeah, he isn't wobbling around, but right. uh, you're not going he to see him on the stumbling. ice. Uh, how about Torpchenko's play? Big player, looks fast, and he's been drawing penalties. Yeah, he's uh, got a lot of equity here over the last couple of games. I liked him the last time he was here, and so to me it wasn't a surprise when they called him up to give that fourth line some energy. And look at him last night. I know he looks a little gangly, but it comes with some speed, and it the comes speed with is what some flashes. physicality. Yeah, and speed, that's what draws the penalties. You saw him drive the net last night. Gets hooked and uh, they get that delay. Uh, they get the delayed penalty goal uh, from Walman. I really like Torpchenko. From the six three six, we want Giordano. Don't care if it's an overpay. He fixes everything. What do you think? What's gonna What's gonna go on with the Kraken? Yeah, I've I've heard that they've moved on from Giordano. I don't know what the price is. You know, in the past, you know, it's been mentioned first round pick. That's gonna be the case with a lot of these guys. You know, I like Giordano. I do think he could come in and help, but he's thirty seven, so you're not gonna sign him to you know extension like Doug does with a lot of these people yeah. that he brings in and is it worth giving up a first round pick or one of these prospects you know I don't think it's neighbors or Bullduke for you know Giordano but you're going to give up something good to get him with the market right now so um, you know I think he'd fit I think he'd help is he what they need you know I don't know uh, Jeremy Wallman playing better than Mikola Scan and Bort who goes out next game that comes from Ed in the 314 uh, got a couple to choose from here 1130 star we were talking about in the break you're heading down to Nashville and then you got the uh, 6 o'clock start on Sunday. How do you think they're going to handle that? Well, you know, last night they had to go 11-7 because Bozak was sick at the last moment, and so they put Wallman in. He was going to be the guy that sits out. So whenever I try to read who's going to be out of the lineup next, it's nine times out of ten, it's going to be the guy they planned on sitting. However, Wallman scores the goal, had a pretty good game. Uh, you know, I think they want to get Scandella going again. So to me, if they go six tomorrow, Wallman would be the guy that's out. Hey guys, I think Piranha's starting to look like he is starting to be the player every, every team hates. Uh, which is a good thing for the Blues. That's from the text from 2009. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you think the Blues would be interested in getting Luke Shen from Vancouver from the 618? You know, I doubt it. Um, I'd love to write a story about the brothers and they yeah. both won right. cups recently yeah. and Writes all that. Itself. But, uh, yeah, he's in the t- twilight there. Uh, Luke is, and um, you know, I don't, I don't know that he's better than what the Blues have right now. Uh, Jr. Is Prinovich part of the team's future anymore? From the 636. Yeah, it's a tough question. You know, heading into the trade deadline, you think, hey, this is an asset that maybe you move him if you don't want to trade neighbors yeah. or Bullduke, and maybe Prinovich is a guy because you have uh, Krug and you have uh, some other guys who are going to be here for a while. But with these injuries, you know, the first the shoulder and now the wrist, you know, I, I think that that value's probably diminished a little bit. He's going to have to come back and prove himself. So if he can come back healthy next year, work his way in the lineup, I think he is part of the future. Uh, we'll just have to see if he can you know, get through these injuries. Uh, JR, why was the towel guy on the lower level? Is that his new section? <laughs> when Hard TMA listeners invade, that's what I would describe that text as. <laughs> they bumped him up on a season ticket. <laughs> he went down. You know what? I got to admit, I saw him on the Jumbotron. I didn't see that he was down low. Yeah, you got an upgrade. Wow. <laughs> a big upgrade, I guess. Wow. The people at Ledoux got to cheer with the towel guy. Right? <laughs> that's right. Yep. I Jackson too. Ledoux. Yeah, yeah, Orton Watkins. <laughs> Trust fund he Jackson. He left my Imperial people. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what are the chances Army can get Mayfield along with Clutter? 
Connor Buck. That's from the 314. Yeah, possibility. I mean, uh, Mayfield's a right shot guy, but he's got top four. He can play in your top four, and, and uh, you know, it doesn't mean Bortuzzo would be out of the lineup. You can still play, you know, righties on that left side. So I think Mayfield would help if they were looking in that second tier of guys. And I think uh, the name you mentioned there, though, Clutterbuck, uh, I think could help this team. So there's been a lot of scuttlebutt about if they make a deal with a team, could you grab one or two guys from that club? Uh, the, a lot of people are not happy to hear the uh, guy asking about Giordano, that's for sure. Uh, we don't want him, not for his price. Uh, to the person who says Giordano fixes everything, how well did that work out for the Kraken? That's from the 314. Well, and Tim, another thing that I heard while doing the research for this story, and when I say research, I'm talking like uh, five minutes. But uh, <laughs> Trust me, I know what that yeah, means. Yeah, I know that very well. Look at uh, the Calgary Flames with Giordano the past few years, and it's not at all you know point the finger at Giordano but they just couldn't get over the hump and put mm-hmm. it together a lot of it had to do with those young forwards that weren't playing very well uh, but Giordano moves on he goes to Seattle and Calgary is a juggernaut you know not singling him out just pointing out what somebody passed along to me uh do the Blues have any interest in Giovanni Smith from the Red Wing uh, not that not that I'm familiar six one five uh let's see action you don't watch or listen to hockey why should I listen to you Jeremy would you like to answer that question <laughs> Did I give a take? I don't even know what I did. <laughs> he just got caught with shrapnel. Yeah. I, I mean, he's got hit. Why did I catch a stray? I'm just sitting here. <laughs> First of all, how's he? How's Jackson supposed to know what the text means? You have to say ice hockey. Right. That's exactly yeah, the, right. The text I just said he hockey. immediately, as a Ledoux guy, just yeah. pictures field hockey games. Yep, That's yep, what happens. Absolutely. Which is why he, which is why he uh, specifies it. Uh, Zdeno Chara, what about him? Any chance in the world? Yeah, I just got back from an upper body injury. He's a name that gets tossed around, I think, because he has that leadership. He's a big guy, brings a little bit of that physicality, but it's just not there anymore. You know, 45 years old. The scouts that I talked to for a recent article said he he just can't play. So, you know, I... I'm not saying he couldn't help in a pinch, but probably not the guy you want. Uh, final question here, and I've seen a couple of questions. Uh, and thank you, everybody. My goodness, we got a hell of a lot of questions here. Uh, any concern with the PK's ineffectiveness as of late? And then we'll let you get out of here. A little bit, Tim. You know, they've let in a few here lately, but I always go by and large, big picture. They've been great all season long. You know, Jim Montgomery's done a tr- tremendous job with that group. And, you know, you're going to have some hiccups here and there, just like we saw with this 3 one skid. So, you know, I think think that what we've seen from that group uh, throughout the season, they should be pretty good. Good test this weekend. This will be fun. Back-to-back games starting tomorrow morning in Nashville. You will be on the road. Safe travels to you. And uh, always great to have you here in studio for Tim and Lil Tex. <laughs> yeah, it's awesome. Hey, can I stick around and not, not be on the air, but listen oh, to... Oh, you're welcome what, to be on the air. I what, thought you had to get out of here. No, right? no, you're, no. You're I welcome wanna, to stick around well, as long as you may, want, Maybe I'll get my car. I just want to hear... What does your grandma think? Is that what it's called, <laughs> it's right? It's an award-winning so segment. You, well, Chris Kerber came up with the idea, and then, you know, we're so weak that we're like, yeah, <laughs> sure, you're the voice of the blues. Any other ideas? And then he'll, like, send me the sound, too. Well, here's so. the thing. The first day you guys did it, I'm telling myself, oh, please don't be in this intro. Please don't be in this intro. Please no. And then so you play the intro. I'm like, thank God. Yeah, and then every day I listen, it's I'm a, it's like... A, it's, uh, it's really a Calvin May showpiece yeah. is essentially what it is. I actually, when I ask my questions of the blues each night, try not to get on your show <laughs> in that segment. <laughs>
Uh, yeah, that's a, it's become the, the segment you do not want to appear on. <laughs> no, no, no. So no. what'd your grandma think? All right, we'll have that coming up. Uh, Jr. Yeah, you're welcome to hang out yeah. as long as you want. Brother. Uh, I love having car. you here. Uh, and uh, Blues and Preds, you will be on the road for that one. You can read them in The Athletic and hear them, of course, all the time on 101 ESPN. Always a pleasure, sir. Thanks so much. Thank you, Tim. There he is, Thanks, Jeremy Rutherford here. Uh, we will have So What'd Your Grandma Think coming up, and then it's BK and Ferrario. This is Balloon Party, also known as Tim and Lil Tex on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Balloon Party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Sometimes the media asks bad questions. Not not a good question. Like, Coach, uh, how cool was it that it was a Wisconsin player that uh, sank the winning shot? Well, they're all Wisconsin players. Or... I'm doing a story about New Year's resolutions, and I was just wondering if you had any you wanted to share with your fans and our readers. Yeah, no, not right now. Okay, thanks. And when that happens, players will fire back. What? Bro, what are you talking about, man? Stop asking me stupid questions. Now it's time for... So what's your grandma think? (laughs) All right, Jackson. This is from, as you call it, ice hockey. Right. And it's from last night. I mean, this is yeah. this is when, when Chris Kerber produced this segment for us. I think this is what he visualized, not your clips of the 1970s San Antonio Spurs that we hear more often than not. What do we have here George today? Uh, Jack Eichel talking about his former club, the Buffalo Sabres. Yeah, I'm pretty happy it's over. Let's move on. Were you surprised at the level of the intensity of the crowd? That's about the loudest I've heard this place ever. <laughs> really after after uh, it only took seven years and me leaving for them to uh, get into the game but uh yeah i mean i'm sure there was mixed uh you know it was a nice tribute and uh you know um, there was plenty of people here that were supporting me and there was plenty of people here that were booing me so uh they must just be booing me because they wish i was still here i don't know um you know it is what it is i mean i'm not the first kid to deal with it so just move on and uh yeah it was a tough game you know give them credit they played hard I enjoyed it. Yeah, it's. Uh, I have to say, I enjoyed it. Yeah, he's just sharpshooting the fan. Like, I mean, if, if now if he comes out and he's firing the shot on the front end, ah, but they went after him. That was his response. Yep. You want to go, and then you get hit with the uppercut yeah. instead of a jab on the counter punch. I tip my cap to. Uh, Jack Eichel with that tip of the cap. Yeah. Nice find, Jackson. You were paying attention, even though everyone knows you were watching Ben Simmons getting booed last night. Both, but the Nets took care of him too easily, so I kind of went over to the hockey game. It was honestly more interesting. Uh, well, Jackson's, uh, well, he's becoming kind of a puck guy here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ice puck. <laughs> you were told to take a lap during the segment. Which was nice. <laughs> even Refreshing. Though you were even. just sitting there. Right. I didn't even say anything. Uh, thank you to Jeremy Rutherford c- for coming in. If you missed anything here on the show, uh, you can go back and podcast. That's brought to you by Dobbs Tire and Auto Center. Subscribe to the Balloon Party podcast. You can download the TMASTL app, and Balloon Party's there. The Tim McKernan Show's there. Learn uh, our guest this week. Uh, so if you want to listen to that conversation, you can watch it on YouTube, youtube.com slash TMASTL. You can watch all of our conversations. Well, I did uh, Joe Buck uh, a couple weeks ago, Jack Danforth last week, Learn this week. Uh, always enjoy having the conversations on the podcast. So everything is there on the TMASTL app or on youtube.com slash TMASTL. And you can download the 101 ESPN app and podcast all of the shows, including our conversation here on Balloon Party with the great Jeremy Rutherford. Time for us to shut it down. BK and Ferrario are up next for Action Jackson here to 
before known as Lil Tex. I'm Tim McKernan. This has been Balloon Party on 101 ESPN. You've been listening to the Balloon Party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Peloton, let's go. This holiday, with the right music and the right motivation from world-class instructors. We're going to pick it up a notch. It's the holiday season. You might just surprise yourself with what you're capable of. Work out to thousands of live and on-demand classes, from running to cycling to yoga. Try Peloton risk-free with a 30-day home trial. New members only, not available in remote locations. See additional terms at onepeloton.com slash home dash trial. Peloton, motivation that moves you.